Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Let me start today's program with a confession. I really like jazz standards, many of them written for Hollywood musicals, then transformed by jazz artists. And while there are a handful of great original compositions by the jazz artists themselves, I find that most of them feel like the musicians have succumbed to a pressure to have their own composition rather than being visited by a muse. So many of them either sound derivative or like the composer struggled really hard to be different, not really worrying about whether the structure of the composition really makes sense. That being said, there are a few exceptions many of them written in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And occasionally, I find a more recent exception. And this next jazz artist, who is becoming my favorite Canadian pianist, is one of those exceptions, as his tunes are mostly interesting and they make sense structurally. I'm talking about Toronto pianist Roby Botos. This next one, from his most recent Juno Award-winning album, is one of my favorites seems to me that there are three distinctive yet connected sections to this piece that keep repeating themselves in different variations throughout its seven-minute duration, although the third one is actually what we call a vamp, an improvisation on the chords of the last part of the introduction melody. Give a listen. It's called Captain Kirkland, Robbie Botos. <laughs> Thank you. 
Roby Potos with Jeff Tane Watts doing some intricate drumming, Seamus Blake on sax, and Robert Leslie Hurst III on acoustic bass. Next, one of those jazz standards I always like to play, a Cole Porter tune from 1936. I'm going to play you a version by Frank Sinatra, who isn't usually considered a jazz singer, but I'm going to read you a passage from Daniel J. Levitin's best-selling book, This Is Your Brain on Music, and see what you think. He writes, On his album, Songs for Swinging Lovers, Frank Sinatra is awesomely in control of his emotional expression, rhythm, and pitch. Now, I am not a Sinatra fanatic. Frankly, I find his repertoire to be just plain sappy, and everything post-1980, he sounds too cocky. Years ago, Billboard hired me to review the last album he made, duets with popular singers such as Bono and Gloria Estefan. I panned it, writing that Frank sings with all the satisfaction of a man who just had somebody killed. But on Swinging Lovers, every note he sings is perfectly placed in time and pitch. I don't mean perfectly in the strict, as-notated sense. His rhythms and timing are completely wrong in terms of how the music is written on paper, but they are perfect for expressing emotions that go beyond description. His phrasing contains impossibly detailed and subtle nuances, To be able to pay attention to that much detail, to be able to control it, is something I can't imagine. Try to sing along with any song on Swinging Lovers. I've never found anyone who could match his phrasing precisely. It is too nuanced, too quirky, too idiosyncratic. Wow. (laughs) Daniel J. Levitin on Frank Sinatra's 1956 album, Songs for Swinging Lovers. Here is, from that album, his version of I've Got You Under My Skin. I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me So deep in my heart That you're really a part of me I've got you Under my skin I tried so Not to give in I said to myself This affair never will go so well But why should I try to resist When, baby, I know so well I've got you under my skin I'd sacrifice anything come what might For the sake of having you near In spite of a warning voice That comes in the night and repeats Repeats in my ear Don't you know, little fool, you never can win Use your mentality, wake up to reality But each time that I do, just the thought of you Makes me stop before I begin Cause I've got you 
under my skin. Sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of having you near. In spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats how it yells in my ear. Don't you know, little fool, you never can win. Why not use your mentality? Step up, wake up to reality. Just before I begin Cause I've got you Under my skin Yes, I've got you Under my skin Frank Sinatra with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra. Did you catch the impossibly detailed and subtle nuances that Daniel Levitin is talking about? Let's now hear what two of jazz's greatest improvisers do with this tune. See if you recognize it. Jim Hall on guitar and Bill Evans on piano. Thank you. 
Elevens with guitarist Jim Hall. I've got you under my skin. Maybe hard to recognize at first, up until the point near the end where Bill Evans starts playing what is mostly melody. So before I played the Sinatra version of that tune, I stated that Frank Sinatra isn't usually considered a jazz singer, nor are Tony Bennett or Michael Bublé considered real jazz singers. And some even argue that Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan much of the time aren't singing jazz. So what could be considered by all to be jazz in terms of vocals? I think this next person wouldn't be too controversial in terms of this category, even if not everybody particularly likes what she's doing. Her name is Linda Svantesen, and she won the Jazz in Sweden Award for 2001. I found her on this sampler CD I picked up at a thrift store called Swedish Jazz. It's said that she pushes the boundaries for what jazz singing could be. I like it. It's called Delicious, Linda Svantesen.
very interesting vocalizing, an original composition by Sweden's Linda Svantesen from 2002. Let's get back to the mainstream now. I like to go down to the Black Horse Pub here in Peterborough Thursday nights and listen to the jazz jams hosted by Rob Phillips. And a regular horn player there, playing mostly baritone sax, is a delightful person, fine musician, and knowledgeable jazz aficionado named Al Bags. At some point, Al will hopefully be a guest on this program. When I asked him to talk about his favorite sax players, the names Jerry Mulligan and Stan Getz were most prominent in his vocabulary. Lo and behold, I have an LP in my collection called Jerry Mulligan Meets Stan Getz. Stan Getz was a great tenor saxman, and Jerry Mulligan, a Greek baritone sax player. On this album, they play what they are best known for on one side, and on the other side of the record, they switch with Mulligan on tenor and Getz on baritone. And despite that, they still sound like themselves. I'll play a track, first from side two, where Mulligan plays his usual baritone sax and gets his mellow tenor. Oh, and just a quick teaching moment here for those of you unfamiliar with horns and saxophones. The baritone is a lower-voiced saxophone. The uh, tenor is somewhat higher than that. The alto is even higher in pitch, and the soprano sax is the highest of the four. Here are Jerry Mulligan and Stan Getz with that old feeling. Thank 
Jerry Mulligan and Stan Getz. For those of you trying to tell the two apart, Stan Getz is the the mellower, almost breathy sound, where uh, Jerry Mulligan's sound is a little bit more coarse. But let's see if that applies when they switch and Jerry Mulligan plays the tenor sax and uh, Stan Getz plays the baritone. Here they are with Anything Goes. Thank you. 
Well, absolutely. That Stan Getz sound is so distinctive, even when he's playing baritone sax. That was from a 1956 recording. Jerry Mulligan and Stan Getz with Lou Levy on piano, Stan Levy on drums, and Ray Brown on bass. Let's change things up a bit with some Latin-style music. One of the most underrated Canadian jazz singers I know of is from Vancouver, Jennifer Scott. I had the pleasure of working with her in a vocal workshop at the Swing Camp in Sorrento, B.C. A delightful person and an amazing all-round musician. Here she is with an Antonio Carlos Jobim composition, Once I Loved. Playing with her is Bill Kuhn on guitars, Corey Weeds on tenor sax, her husband, Renee Wurst, on bass, and Nino Di Pesquale on drums, Once I Loved. Love is the saddest thing when it goes away Because love is the saddest thing when it goes away
Jennifer Scott from Vancouver, staying with Latin music, but something very different. My favorite Cuban group who absolutely thrilled me when I heard them at the Havana Jazz Festival in 2014. They go by the name of Interactivo, and it's an interaction between some of Havana's top jazz musicians, directed by Roberto Carcasis. Here is one called Café, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what the time signature is here as, like with most Cuban songs, the rhythm is very complex. And in this case, so is the meter. Interactivo.
Interactivo from Havana. Let's move from Havana to Peterborough. Saxophonist Sean Hulley gave me a copy of his extended play CD last week, and I'm going to play a track from it, written by local guitarist Federico Pontani. Also with Curtis Croncrate on drums, David Frank on bass, and Royce Williamson on trumpet. Here's a celebration of the warm September we've had. It's called Summer is Back, the Sean Hulley Jazz Group.
Sean Holly Jazz Group. A funny thing happened last week. When I was promoting last week's program on Facebook, I mentioned that I'd be playing something that was a salute to one of the greatest alto sax players ever, a 1937 recording, and I asked for any guesses as to who it was. Well, I was referring to Johnny Hodges, but one person came back and guessed Benny Carter. Not being that familiar with Benny Carter, I went to Wikipedia and was given the impression he was primarily a trumpet player who also played alto sax, and I stated that. So this week... I went into my Time Life Giants of Jazz collection, took out the three-record set of Benny Carter with a great booklet, and read a quote from saxophonist Flip Phillips, who said, Probably the greatest alto saxophone player alive. So it was actually a great guess. But Benny Carter also played trumpet, trombone, clarinet, piano, and he was an arranger, and did all of them extraordinarily well. I'm going to finish today's program with two Benny Carter tracks. First one is him on trumpet with two beautiful trumpet solos surrounding Roy Felton's vocal. This is More Than You Know from 1939, Benny Carter and his orchestra. Jazz. I'm Larry Sademan, finishing off with a later life recording by Benny Carter from 1977 playing a fine alto sax. 
with Ray Bryant on piano, Niels Peterson on string bass doing quite the solo, and Jimmy Smith on drums. It's called Three Little Words, and I have four little words. Tune in next week. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.